And back on the Weezcast, French Open 2023, coming to you live from the Roland Garros grounds in Paris. Finally knocked a few down. We were three of four last night. Uh, obviously been a little bit bumpy for the Weezcast, to say the least. I mean, you know, while our matches have probably been 75%, we've been missing one every par and therefore getting crushed pretty bad. But... You know, yesterday should be the the start of turning it around. Uh, you know, we did really catch a break there with Rybakina. Uh, you know, if she was, for those of you who don't know, she pulled out with a fever and she hadn't slept much the last couple nights and just coughing, trouble breathing. You know, obviously it's gonna make the it's gonna make it difficult to play tennis if you're having symptoms like that. Good for her pulling out. Uh, huge for Weezcast listeners that she pulled out because we were all over her money line and in straight sets. So, you know, everything we parlayed her with won. But if she would have taken the court and struggled and had to give up or, or lost, you know, we would have been in a, in a whole different situation. So, you know, good job to Rybakina being responsible, looking after her long-term health and preserving the Weezcast, uh, you know, some of the picks yesterday. So, you know, looking at the matches today, I think we got some great opportunities. You guys might want to grab a pen for these. Uh, you know, first, I guess I'll start by outlining four matches that we like pretty heavily today, and then we'll get into some combinations of how to bet them and, you know, how to really maximize these options at our disposal here. So I'll start just in the order of, of how much I like them, I guess. Carolina Mukova, who just, by the way, is my favorite women's player, hands down. I mean, her ranking's in the 40s. She's been as high as 19, but I have her in the top six, I would say, six to seven. I mean, there are not many players better than her. Nobody wants to see her. The only reason her ranking isn't in the top 10 is because she's failed together Failed to string together 12 straight months injury-free. So, you know, the injury bug has, has bit her quite a bit. Not a ton of matches either the past two seasons, honestly. She's already eclipsed her match total and then some for every season going back to 2019, if you can believe that. So, you know, if there is any risk in this play, it is the fact that, you know, she's been less healthy than healthy, um, you know, more often than not. But you know, this season, she's putting it together. Uh, she's been, as usual, super impressive. Lost a really tight three-setter to Collins, who was playing awesome around the time of the Aussie. She ran all the way to the quarters through some great players, Azarenka, Vondrusova, and then was 4-4 in the third set with Rybakina. Uh, you know, that one didn't break her way. Then, Hilariously, she finds herself qualifying into Miami, which she did easily, and then had a couple quality wins before, you know, that that little run of almost what ten straight matches and fifteen days came to an end with a, a loss against Herstea. She gathered herself, took a month off, and came back. Got pretty hot on clay. Um, you know, she's only lost to Begu in her first tournament, so we won't hold that against her. Then. Tight three-setter with Bedosa, took her out of Rome in the fourth round. And she's been very strong here in the French Open. I mean, started off her campaign by knocking out Netflix legend Sakari. 
7675 in that one. Then mowed through Podoroska, exacted her revenge on Begu. And here she is against a lucky loser, Avanyasan from Russia, who's 20 years old. She's put together a nice tournament, but things have really broken her way. And she's somebody who over the last couple months regularly is losing to people ranked outside the top 150 and 200. So, you know, French Open looks really impressive, but, you know, she's a lucky loser, so she didn't even qualify. She lost today in the third round to Qualies, 9-7 in the third set breaker, so literal heartbreaker there. But then she gets Benchich, who just hadn't played a match since Charleston, so like a month and a half. And, you know, meanwhile, Avanya-san is just straight off some tight quality matches against hungry players in the same condition, so... You know, she caught Benchich sleeping there, plus 530. Would have been a nice one to see. Come on, Wieskast. Uh, then she gets through Jean Jean. That's an easy one. And then Tawson. But Tawson was, like, all messed up physically. She was having the trainer do some really intense shit to her hip. She was wincing in pain during those treatments. You know, she barely got through her last round match, and she was down 5-3 and just kind of clawed her way back there. But... You know, I think that Avanya-san is not going to have what it takes to be competitive in this match. I mean, I, I watched some of the match against uh, against Tawson. She was, a, she was a bit of a pusher. She's fast. She gets to a lot of balls. But, you know, Mukova is just so good and just not afraid to come forward like a lot of the other women are. And, you know, if she's healthy, she's going to whoop that ass. Uh, I would say... There's two plays here. I mean, we're, we're definitely going to take Mukova in straight sets at minus 148. Uh, but we've got more to come on Mukova. So feel real strong about that one. How far into this podcast are we? Six minutes. Jeez. Let's uh, try to speed this along for you guys. Um, Tsitsipas. Facing a guy in the fourth round of a major who you'd never expect to see in the fourth round of a major. And you would love to see. So this should be basically a lunch break for Tsitsipas. I mean, you know, Offner is a nice player. He actually has made a run at a major, albeit, you know, what seems like a lifetime ago. Um, but, I mean, he's he's peaked. He's 27. Um, playing some good tennis this year. I fear playing a little too much, though. Uh, he's, what, he went to one final at a challenger in May. Then a semi at a challenger in May. Then he played a Bundesliga match, and now he's already got six matches under his belt at the French Open, including an insane five-setter against Fonini. Um, Tsitsipas is just not just one, but two levels above Offner. I mean, he'd have to play the best tennis of his life to even get one set. So we're going to throw out one play real quick, which is Sitsipas and Straits, which I think is minus 157. And that is not all you're going to hear from on Sitsipas. Uh, you know, we're going to compile some safe, aggressive parlays as well here. So uh, let's move on to the man of the tournament, Carlos Alcaraz, playing Musetti. Musetti's got a lot of buzz around him. Musetti actually beat Alcaraz in, in Hamburg last year, albeit I think Alcaraz was in the end of a pretty tired run. But, you know, he knows he can beat him. He's done it. And, and Musetti's been, been good. He's been good not only in this tournament, but most of the clay season. 
My problem with Musetti is that Tsitsipas owns him on clay. And Alcaraz owns Tsitsipas. And, and Tsitsipas struggles to even be competitive with Alcaraz on clay. Uh, Musetti beats a lot of quality players, but he hasn't beaten anybody that amazing, at least at full strength. And he loses matches to players that Alcaraz would slaughter. I mean, Musetti is his loss to Alexander Muller. Sinner, okay, I still think uh, <laughs> I still think Alcaraz slaughters Sinner on clay. Uh, then he got, oh, he beat Sinner by a walkover. That doesn't even count. Then he runs into Tsitsipas, loses to Tsitsipas, loses to Hanfman. You know, tight win over Tiafo. That's good. That's about the level I see Musetti at, somewhere between a Tiafo and a Zverev, who battled a pretty close match today. Matches up with Tsitsipas again, loses to Tsitsipas again. So, yeah, you beat Cam Nori, who was a little tired at the third round of the French Open. Shevchenko, nice young player, didn't show up yet. Mikhail Emer, surprised the guy was even allowed in the tournament after shattering his racket on the umpire's chair and the challenger before that. But this is a whole nother level of competition with Alcaraz. I mean, Alcaraz, we doubted him last round, and he made Shapovalov look like an idiot. So we like Alcaraz in straight sets. And, and that's, uh, you know, what we're actually going to do there is take under three and a half sets, which is minus 103 as opposed to the plus 105 for Alcaraz in straight sets, just in case Alcaraz caught the virus from Rybakina and just fights through it and gets his ass kicked. You know, we could win either way. But, you know, make no mistake about it. What we're betting here is Alcaraz in straight sets. But, We'll go under three and a half sets in this match at minus 103. And we've got more plays featuring Alcaraz coming up as well. Uh, but we'll get to the last match. And, you know, this is a, this is a real interesting one at, at many different depths. Dasha Kasakina is facing Alina Svitolina. This is a, a classic Russia versus Ukraine matchup here. There won't be any handshakes after the match. Uh, Svitolina has owned her 6-0 and lifetime, I believe. Dasha's only taken two sets ever out of those six matches. Um, you know, that's not the craziest thing ever. They haven't played for the past two years, and Svitolina was a top player far before Kasakina started coming on and, and kind of reaching the top levels of the game. But, you know, Kasakina to me, just has everything going for her right now. Um, you know, she was really good on the clay last year. So, you know, she made it all the way to the semifinals here in, in Roland Garros. So, you know, she can play here. She went through a lot of good players there. There was no, no BS there. You know, she almost took out Jabur in the semis in Rome before that. I mean, she showed last year that, that she is prime on clay. Um, you know, of course she got slaughtered by Sviatek, but that almost doesn't even count. And her setup coming into this year's French Open is just incredible. I mean, you know, some of these players' losses are are very good things for them. And, you know, you can't really fault her for any of her losses. She lost a tight one to Ons. She lost to Bedosa. She lost in a third set breaker to Kudermetova. She lost in three to Ostapenko. And she comes in having only played four matches in the month of May before this tournament. So... She's poised for a run. I mean, she she can beat 
almost anyone in the draw. She can definitely beat a worn down Svitolina. Um, you know, Sakina blew out Von Drusova, Niemeyer, and then you know, six oh six one Stearns and made the Wheeze cast look uh, pretty moronic there. But you know, we're not gonna doubt her anymore. Um, Svitolina, I think, is is just really, really run down at this point. I mean, again, she's owned her. She's beaten her six times out of six. But, you know, you're seeing that pattern where player goes from really hot and beating good players to all of a sudden starting to play lesser players and starting to lose sets. So she went to the final last week in Strasbourg. She beat Blinkova after a really tough comeback against Burl in the semis where I think she was already starting to feel it physically. Let's remember, she didn't play much tennis last year. Uh, she played 13 matches the whole year, sat most of the second half of the year out, and then she's only been back playing matches since April. So this has been a lot for her. She's not in form yet fully. She's not in shape. She's good enough that she can still win tournaments like Strasbourg, but you know now she's off two straight tough three-setters in the French Open. The, the Blinkova match was insane. Both players were almost on the verge of tears there at the end of that match. Um, you know, the set to Hunter in the second round. I mean, I think she's feeling it. I think this is Dasha's chance to get a, a first win over in seven tries. I mean, how many times can you really beat a player as good as Dasha in a row? And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to say we tread a little bit lighter on this one than the others just because maybe there are some greater motivations with the Ukraine-Russia thing for Svitolina. And, I mean, she really is a top-class player. She's only 28. You know, I mean, just... Our experience tells us that you need more matches, you need more form, and you know you you probably aren't going to be in too great of conditioning coming off that long of a layoff. But it is Fidelina, and you know there's there's deeper things going on here. So so those are the matches we like. Here's how we're going to play them. We're going to do our our biggest play, which is going to be a double unit play on Mukova to win. Alcaraz minus 1.5 sets and Steph minus 1.5 sets. That pays minus 110. We already gave you Mukova on straight sets at minus 148. We also already gave you Tsitsipas and straights at minus 167. We'll take Dasha straight at minus 178. We will take a nice safe par of just Carlos and Steph both minus 1.5 sets. That pays minus 175. And then we'll take our little crack at it here, where we're going to do all of Carlos, Steph, and Mukova in straight sets, plus Dasha, money line to win. And that pays plus 700. So let's let's take that as well. I think we have a very good chance of knocking down all of these, getting back on track, getting the Weezcast listeners back to what they're used to, helping my dad not have to end his retirement early. And best of luck to everybody today.